Welcome back to the 2AM Campfire Club. I'm Reagan. I'm Ethan. And, and I'm uh, Madeline. Yay! She's not Ooh. dead! It's surprisingly. And... I was very close to death, but <laughs> we're still keeping it. I <laughs> we guess. don't need to talk about that. <laughs> All the myriad of health issues you've been having. <laughs> it's a long list. That's not what we're talking about today. We're talking about The Greatest Showman. You know, something that is very relevant in the year of our Lord 2022. (laughs) Yes. Because it's really great in the time of whatever. It definitely released recently. Uh Not a few years ago. Yeah. It's definitely a topic that people are still really rattling on about. Yeah. Huge topic of interest. The people have been raving for the 2 a.m. Campfire Club to do an episode of Pretty Showman. Yeah. All over the internet. We're trending on Twitter. Yeah, I mean, if we we had anybody who would comment on our YouTube videos, I'm sure that they would be commenting, requesting The Greatest Showman. Absolutely. But unfortunately, our three viewers just aren't, you know, just aren't really really active. Yeah. Yeah. Probably it's okay. We're giving it to them. Definitely yes. not us. We're giving the people what they didn't know they wanted. And yeah. they're um, gonna listen and be like, "Wow, that is forty-five really minutes." Needed. This was important to me. Yeah, yeah, and important. Yeah. Complaining about the greatest showman. Yeah. Important. I think everyone just needs to know. Yeah. <laughs> it's crucial. The utmost importance. Yes. Could, nothing could be more important. I think it's days. time for this bit to be done. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Reagan, would you like to give I us a history brief of The Greatest Showman? Well, that movie is just really weird. And the con- the like whole entire concept of that movie is just really weird. Because like, like P.T. Barnum had a very interesting life. And a like none of it was actually depicted in the movie. Yeah. I remember looking up stuff after. I'm like, where was this? I'm like, I wanna know about this. Not him singing in a ditch. <laughs> basically. <laughs> and being like, uh, like by intent. <laughs> I do think that that's partially because they were trying for years to get the movie approved. Mm-hmm. And so they probably had to change it over time to get it closer to being approved. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that movie was, like, the the actual history of that movie, like, getting made is very interesting. Yeah. And um, there's a video on YouTube of Jeremy Jordan telling the story of how uh, he basically single-handedly got that movie uh, approved, and then they kicked him out of the movie because <laughs> he was going to play Philip. Um, but then they were like, <laughs> we got Zac Efron, so screw oh, you, no. you can go back Oops, to Supergirl, it's a consolation prize. But he also, like, sings parts of a bunch of the songs, and that's, like, really nice, because anything, every single song is elevated when Jeremy Jordan sings it, as evidenced by the Newsies musical, which was good yes. as a movie, but then as a stage show, was amazing. Yeah. Would have been better if it was Jeremy Renner instead, though. <laughs> gosh that's a horrible thing to imagine just I just imagine Jeremy Renner in every movie 
Every every source of media should have Jeremy. Um, that is an incorrect stance, but you know your opinions are valid, even if they're wrong. I only ba- stand by the fact that they're right, but okay. <laughs> we can agree to disagree. So P.T. Barnum did not start his circus until he was sixty. Yeah, I was like, eh, he looking a little young to start the circus, <laughs> and then he like did. He was like five. Yeah, he was like, I'm retiring like, now. Years after a musical number, it's he was like, he was literally like fifty fifty, and then by the way, I'm not doing any work. Like I'm retiring, <laughs> so I, I get fifty percent. In my big house, and <laughs> live with my family that I never cared about, like the past year i get 50 percent of the profits and i have done i'm doing none of the work and i'm pretending like this is a huge gift to you yes it's like this it's supposed to be like at the, at the end of the third batman when um Joseph Gordon-Levitt finds the Batcave, but it's just like he hands him his hat, and he's like, bye, I'm stealing an elephant, too. (laughs) All I can think about is Vine, where it's the Beyonce song, and it's like, anything for you, Beyonce, that's all I thought about, the last ending to The Greatest Showman, and I was like, that's what that is. He didn't deserve it. Hugh Jackman did though. He's great. This might be a controversial opinion. I have no clue. Um, but I really do not like Hugh Jackman's singing voice. It's there okay. Are worse people. There are worse that people. Is- but he is a Broadway performer. He's a yeah. theatrical performer. And I'm like and it Wolverine. feels like when they put pop stars <laughs> in like musicals and it's mm-hmm. like this this ain't it, but it's Hugh Jackman. Yeah. And I'm like yeah. Which I guess I don't actually know if he did any musical theater, but he did do theater. Yeah, and like he was in I'm, Les Mis, and I didn't yeah. like it then either. <laughs> it was better. It was better in the Greatest Greatest Showman than it was in Les Mis. In my like, his voice is just a little off-putting. Like it's not bad. I don't mind listening to it, but I'd rather listen to Hugh this- Jackman than Robert Downey Jr. That's that's true. That is that is a valid point. As I found out yesterday, I did not know Robert Downey Jr. had music. Yeah, look up Robert Downey Jr. That. on Spotify. He has an album. Came out in two thousand three. It's called The, the Futurist. Futurist. That means it was probably that album's older than I am. That album I it was two thousand four. Because I'm two thousand four. That's. I was born in two thousand three, but at the end of it, I'm like near the end of two thousand four. So. Really fun. Yeah, okay. It came out in 2004. So, anyways. Okay. All so right. it's like I, older than I, me. I win. <laughs> I'm older than Robert Downey Jr.'s music album. <laughs> I don't know if that's an accomplishment you want to nah, be this is. Of. I am proud of this. This is my greatest accomplishment. This is the greatest show, Ethan. We're covered okay, in all the colored like, lights. Like, where the runaways I... are run in the night. Impossible comes through. Okay, it's taking over you. Oh, this is, this the, is the greatest show. show. This it is the greatest show. Is this this podcast. Show. This is the only podcast, actually. Yeah, there are no, there other no other podcasts. Nothing. We are the first to do it. The first and only. Yeah. <laughs> Logan yesterday was really like, "This is the only podcast I'm going to listen to from now on." <laughs> oh no. If you're watching this, shout out to Logan. 
Shout out. Shout out to Logan. Loved her rendition of Tightrope. I liked Zendaya in it. I know some people uh, didn't. Yes. People didn't like did Zendaya. How do you dislike Zendaya I don't in know. anything? I was She's trying to make friends and they were like, mm, she was okay, I guess. They're like, they put her in because she looked pretty and I was like, well, she is. Well, okay, that is sort of true. I think that entire plot line is absolute crap because they literally invented, like, this is, <laughs> they invented she two characters, me. whole cloth. These were not real people who existed so that they could have, like, a love story subplot. And it's just, like, it feels really weird when you have this whole cast of, like, side characters in The Freaks, quote-unquote, and, and you're you like... focus we, on the people that aren't real. Yeah, we have to invent these conventionally attractive people to have a love story. It's just, because like... Because Zac Efron and Zendaya. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just, yeah. like, what? That's so weird. Because... Like, you know, the... Um, I think that's enough reason. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and then they basically burn him in a building and he's like, oh my god! <laughs> and that's, that's the thing too. It's like the plotline, the conflict is that, you know, it's the turn of the 20th century and the <laughs> miscegenation was and I looked this up. It was not actually illegal in New York, but it was illegal in thirty of the forty-eight United States. And um, it's not like the, the movie acts as if like some people will be judgy, and it's just like no, like this is the type of thing that people get murdered over. And yeah, and then he's he like nearly dies, and it's like oh, I guess, like I guess love will c- conquer racism. The power of our love. It's fine. Like it's actually fine. It's just and nothing. I love my family. I'm in love with you. Like that thing. I was like, oh no, oh. It's just like it's just very shallow and weird. In that movie, were they focusing on the fact, like, were they focusing on the racism, or were they focusing on the fact that she was in the circus? (laughs) They were focusing on the racism. Like that was the thing. Is like the one guy in that mob that um who was like we don't want your freaks and your spooks in this town (laughs) so it's like like the movie very explicitly calls attention to Anne and wd's like the fact that they are black and they are excluded because of that but that's the thing is like it's never said explicitly. So the fact that you even have yeah. that question is like, I think that's a problem because it's just like, yeah. like we don't even understand the real conflict because literally it's just like one time Philip's dad is like, hey, why are you parading around hey, with the help? <laughs> and then Philip's like, he'd never talk to her like that. And then it's like, yeah. <laughs> it's that just was like a that great impression there. <laughs> Also, uh, are you sure I, you're not Zach Efron? Well, Zach Efron <laughs> was like lowering his voice for that movie, was he not? I, think I swear was. to God, was, like it sounded unnatural. Like I was yeah. listening to the soundtrack, like in preparation for this, because I was like, maybe, maybe I'll think differently of it because it's been a while since I've seen it, and I was like, I feel like his natural singing voice is much higher. It's there's no way it's that low. <sighs> Well, and it's especially noticeable when he's talking because he's like, "Are you yeah. P.T. Barnum from the circus?" <laughs> I was like, mm. 
Also, I could still only see him as Troy Bolton, and it really bothered me. Oh, yeah. Like, the entire movie. I was like, no. <laughs> we can't That's- be together, Zendaya, because I am a basketball boy, and you are a math geek. <laughs> yes! <laughs> they won't understand. No, she's not a math geek. She's a pro dancer and shake it up. Yeah, no, is- she's a spy. Oh, yeah. I forgot that that show existed. <laughs> I did too. That was after my time. It was during but, my sister's time, so I watched uh, it. But I never watched Shake It Up. I watched Shake It Up. I watched Shake It Up. I was but never really on the way. Disney Channel grind <laughs> until Live and Maddie. And then mm, Live and Maddie Live was Maddie. okay. And then it got worse significantly living maddie was made by the same people that made hannah montana and it shows i watched hannah montana. that is one of the few disney shows that i actually found tolerable but i was never allowed to watch wizards of waverly place as a kid because it had witchcraft in it well i wasn't allowed i just to never watch watched it because it was too stupid so i was too busy watching house same like house i was on the hgtv you <laughs> literally as a young child i was like Ugh. let's hgtv like i need to watch the new house hunters like and like property brothers like i watched all of that cooking and baking shows i watched a ton of yes guy fieri's grocery games best show yeah i i liked like they always did the baking championships i watched like all of those also i watch i still watch i still uh cupcake wars yes and then Sweet by Holly was in it. And I remember watching yeah, that like yeah, live. Yeah. And I was like, is she going to win? I know her. <laughs> yeah. I was like, her you, store is in my neighborhood. Did you know that I know someone who is on Diners Drive-In's Diners Yes, that. I know. So I know someone who knows Guy Fieri. That's the best person to know. If I was to meet a celebrity, I'd want it to be Guy Fieri. Honestly, me too. We should do a, a local diners di- drive-ins diners, and dives. Diners, I can't say diners, it. Diners, I, can't, diners, I can't say it. We should do like a local diners dive drive-ins and dives. I literally cannot say it. Uh, no, you tour. just gotta call diners diners and dives. Because <laughs> like that's sometimes... what we'll call it to avoid copyright. Diners yeah. diners and dives. <laughs> yes. Anyways, back on back on topic. Freaking we didn't racism! <laughs> that entire so- all the way to Guy Fieri. Thanks for watching, guys. <laughs> racism. Yeah, but honestly, the whole point of that movie, I feel like I had to watch it and ask a bunch of questions to kind of like understand what they were trying to get at. Cause, I just didn't, see that's well, the thing. I didn't think about it too much. I was just like, it's fun. Yeah, <laughs> and that's the thing music. is like I just like that movie is genuinely we got fun. Zach, my boy Zach. <laughs> we got my boy Hugh. We got my boy Zach. We got my girls and Daya. What more could you ask me. for? And bearded lady. Uh huh. I still don't know her and name. A tiny guy on a pony. <laughs> tiny guy. <laughs> also, he was on a baby elephant. He yeah. was on a pony at one point. I believe you. At, wasn't he? Am I wrong? I don't know. He was, wasn't he? <laughs> at the end, he was on a baby elephant. At the end, he was, but like at closer to the beginning of the movie, I'm pretty sure I he, he was. I could, I could believe it. That that would make sense. Yeah, but because he was like a 
soldier or something. Yeah, yeah. Like, like his whole thing was like, I want to be a warrior, but I'm Gen- too tiny. Also, that's a good... That's actually an interesting thing to mention, is in real life, General Tom Thumb, um, otherwise his real name is Charles, um, he was recruited by Barnum when he was four years old. <laughs> that's... Um, so he didn't... And he, he was... Li- well, no, he was. He was. Short, he was baby. No, he was actually a little person, but he was recruited at four by seven years old. He was like literally drinking whiskey and smoking cigars for like the, his act. Um, and Barnum pretended that he was like older than he was. So that was great. But he got massive. He also Barnum staged uh, a fairy wedding um, between him and another little person. That is just. This man was very twisted. I. The thing that is so wild to me is like, P.T. Barnum was a staunch abolitionist, and he was like really he was really progressive politically because like he was mayor of a town in Connecticut and he did all these things to improve infrastructure and clean up water, like, out of his own pocket. It's just very weird. But then he would do these, like, really twisted things to his ex. And, like, his first his first ever freak, um, who wasn't even, like, actually odd in any way. She was just, like, an 80-year-old woman He who he pretended was the 160-year-old um, former wet nurse for um, George Washington. Uh, <laughs> She was like a really, and he bought, like, she was black, and he bought her as, like, she was his, his slave, and he would parade her around, and then when she died, because she was really old, and he would work her, like, 10 to 12 hour days, um, he, like, he had the autopsy done publicly, and, like, paid people for admission to see the autopsy done, <laughs> That's horrible. That's actually lied about her age too. That's well, not only and that, then but in the like movie, it's like it. yeah, in the movie, it's just like these quirky little exaggerations. He's like hyperbole is not the greatest crime in the world. He's like, I'm just a little quirky. Like he's yeah. like <laughs> just a little goofy like that. I'm in a wacky girl. goofy mood. <laughs> <He's just> like, <laughs> Vanessa. <laughs> So I'm going to sew the head of a monkey to the tail of a fish and pretend like this is a mermaid because that's what museums do, right? Is they put fake things in them and lie so that people can see them. I mean, we do pay for streaming services and those are all about fake things. Yeah, but now now they didn't know they were fake. They didn't explicitly tell people that. So and that like, is the thing. I feel like it, people would have still gone if they knew it was fake. It's still entertaining. And like especially back then they had nothing. And that's the thing is like it brings up this interesting point of like the in entertainment is it okay to lie or exaggerate if like you're showing people a good time and you're like giving them this wonderful experience. I feel like a lot of people would say no, like you shouldn't just lie to people, but then that gets to like a lot of things aren't explicitly lying, but, you know, you're heightening the truth in some way, you're sensationalizing things, or even, like, in a fictionalized story about, a, like, a real historical person or a real historical event, what is, like, the acceptable amount 
of fudging or exaggeration. Well, the thing is, I feel like if you go, I feel like the the issue isn't the exaggeration. It's probably more the middle ground. Like once you start t- saying that Abraham Lincoln is a vampire slayer, then you know that that's fake. Yeah. Yeah. But if you're in that middle ground to where there's a reasonable amount of plausibility to where it could possibly mm-hmm. tr- possibly be true, I think that's where the gray area is, where it's difficult. And to that point, I would argue it it would be like kind of what they do for studies when they have to lie to people to do a study and collect yeah. research, where at the end, you should probably tell them. Not everything you saw here was real, but let them enjoy it for the moment, maybe. But mm-hmm, I do yeah. think that people wouldn't be happy with that, probably. Well, and, yeah. like, if you think about a magic show, the entire point of that is, like, you're here to dis- suspend your disbelief and, like, basically, like, you know that it's not real, but you can kind of still have that experience and still act like it is. And that's kind of the same thing with movies, too. Yeah, I mean, magic shows are still cool if they're good at it. Yeah, I know it's flat ahead, but it's still it's still impressive. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how they do it. And I feel like the heightening of the truth, like this movie, was never supposed to be like a documentary, like about his life or whatever. No, so it's kind of like it's supposed to be like a fun musical and like whatever. So I very loosely based off of yeah. They're like, we'll add some real names in there. There you go. That's the thing that's really weird to me, though, is it's, like, so divorced from his actual life. Like, you could literally tell a story with completely different names, and nobody would have been like, wait, why are you aping things from the details of P.T. Barnum's life? Yeah. (laughs) That was... Yeah, it was... It was different in that, or even still, they kind of changed some things in the movie to make it a little bit more different so that they didn't try and play it off. I agree with that, because there was, I would say, less than 50% of the movie was accurate. Like, most of the things... Probably considerably, considerable amount. Like, the thing is, basically, the only, the things that are true to life were the people, were certain people, not even all the people, because as we already talked about, like, Philip Carlyle was never a, rep- a real person, but like, you know, Jenny Lind and, um, you know, P.T. Barnum's wife and like certain of the acts, like we talked about General Tom Thumb, like certain of those, those people were real and did actually know P.T. Barnum and P.T. Barnum did exist and he did have a museum. And then after that museum burned down, he did start a circus and at one point in, in all of that, he was Jenny. <laughs> at one point Just... in all that, he was Jenny Lynn's what? manager and did tour with her. And she did quit the tour, but she quit the tour because she was concerned at how like over commercializing of it he was, and the fact that he was making like four times the profits off of it that she was, and because she was giving all of her profits to charity. She was like, dude, I'm not going to go, like, you're basically, (laughs) like, I'm trying to do this for the good of the people, and you're just, like, taking home bank to build one of your four mansions. (laughs) So she she fired him, and then kept touring without him. Yeah. So I feel like that movie's just kind of, like, in the gray area, where people are just like, eh. Yeah, I do think that's the tough thing, because you are telling a story about a real person. 
saying it's at least roughly based off of their life and then mm -hmm. telling a story that paints them in a bad light in a lot of parts of the story that aren't true and paints them in a good light in a lot of things that also aren't true. So, like, you left out the details that are... Act like, you had a person who had enough things that are both good and bad about him to make a movie, and then you flipped them all and made completely different good and bad things. Which yeah, is where I, mean I would agree that the biggest issue with the movie is that they said it was about a real person instead of saying yeah. it was a fun movie about a circus. Yeah, yeah, and I think that kind of... It almost poisons the well for a lot of people because I know a lot of people who went into that movie who knowing about P.T. Barnum and his life and, and the things that he did and were just like, what? Like, what are you doing? Like, he was... Why are you... This is just like... It's really hard to engage with this, like, fun heartfelt family film when it's just mm -hmm. when you're going what and especially like or just people who listen to Jenny Lynn like my my stepmom um listened to a lot of Jenny Lind growing up because um her family's Swedish and her dad is like anything Swedish is like have you seen my big fat Greek wedding yes it's I like have. the dad in that but with Swedish things <laughs> instead oh, of Greek God. things <laughs> And then Jenny Lind is introduced in the movie as this opera singer, and then she starts singing a pop ballad, <laughs> and it's just like, what? What is going on? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they didn't keep it close enough to the truth for me to say that they should have called it loosely based on real events. Yeah. It's a little bit more than loosely. Like, and like it just like those names in a very, very yeah. basic plot and we're like all right it's the same yeah i mean basically mm -hmm. they took these certain events from his life smushed them all together in the span of like a year i guess i don't even know yeah um and it was like yeah there we go that's the movie but like it's just this weird and especially because like most people don't know anything about pt burnham because he's not like that relevant enough to be taught about yeah um and so yeah like i don't even fully understand what a circus is because i've yeah, never been to one like, you've probably been. been to a circus once and i i think i was probably less than a year old i vaguely then, remember going to a circus but the thing i remember most was my parents struggling to find parking <laughs> <laughs> that was the highlight that was, yeah and like, I, I'm pretty sure I was, like, playing on my DS in the back or something. Yeah. Like, so, I haven't even been to, like, a Cirque du Soleil show. Like, I feel like that would be the next closest thing to a circus in my head. But... I like, will I say, I mean, there's, like, parades at Disney, I would say, are borderline. Yeah. But in any in any case, we're harping on a lot of the bad. I will say... I don't dislike this movie. In fact, yeah. it's probably yeah. in my top 10 favorite movies of all time. Really? It's in your top 10? I really like top that 10. movie. What do you... Well, you've also seen it, like, so many times. I've seen, I... it, I've seen it a lot of times. I've seen it, like, four or five times, maybe. I've seen it probably, like... Probably I watch times. it when I remember that it's a movie. Like, I see it, I'm like, oh! I've seen it in a while. And it's then I'll watch okay. it, and I'm like, I enjoyed my time watching it, but it's not like some revolutionary movie. Yeah, and that's me, the thing. At least. Here's the thing. 
I'm not trying to say that it's a great movie or that it's mm-hmm. in my the in the top ten best movies of all time. Yeah. In my opinion. I'm saying that I tend to like the movies that are just happy, fun adventures. Mm-hmm. And that's what Which that is. is. I it's, will say it's just a fun movie to watch and yeah. you leave having a good time. One of the things that I really liked about that movie was that it's like an actually it's actually a family movie. You don't see yeah. family films anymore because all of like the mm-hmm. like the family films are like Avengers movies. Like it's not really yeah. they're not actually family films, and so it was yeah. it was actually Disney, more of a kids film. But that's yeah, that's like a kids thing. It's actually a movie where it's just like everyone, the whole family. It's meant to appeal to everyone, and mm-hmm. so that means that in a lot of areas, it is very kind of shallow and sanitized and whitewashed. But like. It's a fun story, and I do genuinely like, like I I like the main plotline. I like P.T. Barnum's arc. Um, I, I think, think it's the very music cute. Is really good. I think the like songs the are fun. Yeah, the yeah. songs are very catchy. I probably know most of the soundtrack. I could probably sing the whole thing. It's it's a good yeah, soundtrack. I probably. I will say they did good with the music. The music is probably one of my favorite parts of the movie, which so is kind I of the whole point because it's a musical. I just wanted to preface that you've only said bad things about it so far, <laughs> and so I just wanted to make sure that anyone watching knows that we don't hate this movie. Yeah, <laughs> no, we I, do like this movie. Like, I do really like this movie. It's just, there are bad things about it, as with everything yeah. I like. Yeah. It's kind of messy. I Like, it's... <laughs> it's a love-hate but, relationship with the movie. What's What's your favorite song off of the soundtrack? Oh my... Other side. That one's really good, but I really like Tightrope. That's my least favorite. Really? I I love I love her voice. I I don't like her voice. Really? (laughs) I love it. And like I like watching I don't you you like that sequence? Yes. I I do like that sequence. My favorite is the other side as well. And that's my favorite, like musical yeah. sequence I will as say well. that one is probably my second favorite and then it's a million dreams is that a one a million dreams I don't like and rewrite dreams. the stars oh, I also really like rewrite the stars is really good but that's just because it's Zach Efron and I feel like yeah swinging around on a rope <laughs> I feel like rewrite the stars could have been amazing if they had tweaked it just a little bit because for me yeah. that song is just at like most of the songs in the movie are just too generic for the actual situation like i feel like rewrite the stars could have like if they had been a little bit more specific of like this is the situation this is the actual conflict rather than just like generic this is a forbidden romance song yeah and i i could have been really good and that's the thing that i really like about the other side is that it feels like a song from a musical Whereas every mm-hmm. other song in the film just feels like a pop song that they put yeah. into the movie. Whereas yeah. the other side, like it actually, like I love the choreography of the the whole thing. Yeah. I love the the back and forth, and it it actually forwards the plot and reveals things about the characters, which I think. I also that, really like "This Is Me." That I hate that song. Good. That is my least favorite song off the really? soundtrack. I don't. Uh, I don't I, honestly, I can't say that I dislike. I don't dislike any of. Them. They're all, in my opinion, very good songs. Like, as 
if they were outside of the movie, I think that they're extremely good songs. Like, what, what, what's, there's like one more we haven't said. From now uh, on. Come Alive or From Now On? Oh, Come Alive. Because I really I like Come Alive. That's probably, like, for yeah. me, it probably goes the yeah. other side, uh, The Greatest Show, and then Come Alive. Um, I, and The Greatest Show and Come Alive are really close together in this top, like, in the second and third spot. I like I like a million dreams, but that's for personal reasons. Because I have a running joke with some people about that song. What's the running joke? It's it's it takes. I guess I can explain it. So my my YouTube channel and Twitch is called Borb, and so one time while Waffles shout out to Waffles, <laughs> uh, we were playing a uh, Fortnite map and. We were struggling, and so we just tra- changed out the word dreams for Borb, the whole song. <laughs> and we rewrote the whole song. Borbs are keeping me Well, plus we swapped some other words out, so it sounds like I'm planning to dominate the world. <laughs> I, think of what, I think of what the world could be. A vision of the one nice. <laughs> A million bulbs is all it's gonna take. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're putting together an army. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It sounds like I'm trying to I'm planning world domination over here. <laughs> so that's my personal reasons that that song is in second. But I mean, other so- I would say other side is probably not only because it's just. It fits the movie really well, but it's also just an extremely good song. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love the sit down like bar type feel that it does bring yeah, to it. Yeah, because it I feel like it's fairly accurate, like for that time. Not the like whole like choreography thing, but like you hung out at a bar most of the time, and it's, it's just where yeah. things happen. I also think that that was probably the song Hugh Jackman sang the best in. Yes, yes, it was the I one that was. That most comfortably in his range yes. yeah and it it's not in... very complex as far as like yeah vocally um and plus anytime he was singing alone singing pretty low and it was more of a rap mm-hmm. than a yeah than like a, a slow rap he was more like talking and yeah. one of the things that i really like about that sequence as well is i like that it's just it's very for most of it it's it's literally in one room, whereas so many of the songs, like the visual storytelling go goes everywhere. so fast. The visual storytelling is just so like, and so that and the, the like the other side and um, rewrite the stars as like musical sequences. Those are the two that I like the most because they're, they feel simple and like really exploring the moment with the choreography and with the, with the song itself whereas like and and that's not to say that the the visual story like the the fast-paced visual storytelling for most of the movie I think is a strength of it talking like a million dreams is a great example of that like they go through so much in Mm -hmm. that one song and it's really cool and like it communicates a lot but it makes it it just stands out when things kind of slow down and are very like intimate Mm -hmm. in that way and so and I like how for most of the song, they're in the bar, and then like once they, uh, once they come to an agreement, and they're like, 
they do the final chorus, then they're walking around and like exploring and things are moving faster again. Mm -hmm. I just think that's a really cool, like there's a lot of really, there's good craftsmanship that goes into that movie. Yeah. I like, I really do think it's an impressive movie. Like in terms of uh, like cinematography, Mm -hmm. like, they make some really cool shots and some really entertaining scenes. Also, like, all the costumes and stuff. I think it's, like, a really cool, fun movie. Mm-hmm. But, that I, like, I get what what the other points we made were, which was that it's not historically accurate, and the songs are, they could be from anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like, your po- to your point about the cinematography, like, there's this shot at the very end of Rewrite the Stars that I was like, I got chills, because after the song ends, and it's literally just Zendaya walking away from Zac Efron, mm-hmm. and you see, like, he, he, like he's alone in the, like, in the arena thing, um, mm-hmm. and there's, like, a single spotlight on him, and um she's walking away and the shot just like gradually widens and widens as she's moving and then stops and it's just like him alone in this big dark space and it's like that's really good that's a great way Mm. to like communicate loneliness and it looks beautiful i feel like that's what the movie makes up for like Mm -hmm. kind of for like the historical accurateness and stuff but like the craftsmanship of that movie is just insane like some of the tiny details are just so good. It's so, a like, very like how you were saying the costumes. They're some of the prettiest costumes that I've seen, like in movies, and that I I would be I would want to wear them and like see them like in real life. Especially mm-hmm. Zendaya's purple costume, like the purple leotard. I love that one. That one is probably one of my favorites. What are your thoughts on her green dress? <laughs> I don't hate it, wow. but I don't love it. Yeah, it, I, it's it's I'm like Google that because it's been too long since I've seen the movie. It's like on the mm. one hand, I'm like it's kind of iconic, but on the other I don't hand, know, like we kind of live for this moment just a little, but then I'm also like, on the other hand, I don't know. It's the scene where they're, like, gonna go to the theater, but then Philip's dad yeah. is like, haha, I'm a big fat racist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then he's like, you can either join us or go with her. And then he's like, oh no, what do I do? So well, of I the thing is, he's not like, oh no, what do I He's like, no, I am solidly right, I in... I see it now. I <laughs> I'm on Team Zendaya. Yeah, I don't love that. <laughs> it's just a little... Mm, it's iffy. It's iconic, but also, like, I don't want to see it anywhere else. Sort but, of like, it gets the... Because it's, like, it's very tacky. It's, like, trying yeah. to be elegant, but... But, but not. from the Just freak showing, show, like, yeah. what, <laughs> what that perspective like, on elegance is. their point that, like, she doesn't fit in or whatever. And I get why uh-huh. they kind of put her in that outfit to, like, show that. But also, I don't really know if I like the dress. <laughs> From a fashion standpoint, like, mm-hmm. but I can see why they did it. Yeah, and it makes sense in that regard, which I applaud them for. But and also, I like the color green. So honestly, anything green, I'm kind of here for. So, which I, I love that. Yeah, that green is a little. Kinda like she kind of looks like a highlighter. Yeah. yeah. So, but which I guess I'm I'm speaking well. 
a color very similar to that is on all the right lights in my room right now. <laughs> um, it's like a, a a lime green, but we don't talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say one last thing. It's as I said, it's been a while since I watched the movie. But as far as I remember, I'm pretty sure that there was like a lot of symbolism with his hat too. Mm-hmm. Where like he took the yeah. hat off when he went on the on like the tour. Mm-hmm. And then when he came back, he put the hat on and then he passed the hat over to Zach mm-hmm. Efron. I was like, I thought that was pretty, pretty cool, at least, too. It wasn't it like a whole thing with his dad as well. Mm-hmm. It was. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did really like that. Yeah. Like I said, I love that movie. It's just mm-hmm. it's just a good time. Yeah. And I, I mean, do wish they just hadn't made it about him, like about P.G. Barnum. Like specifically, yeah. Not about PT Barnum. Not. Yeah, I feel like it's very clear that a lot of people really, really had passion for that movie, really wanted to make that movie and make it well. But like, like Hugh Jackman for sure. mm Mhm. But you know, if they got, if they didn't have the songwriters from La La Land, I think it would have been. And I said, like, would have been a little tragic. Yeah, so I don't know. In conclusion, I it's like it's a good it. movie. <laughs> it's a great movie. It's a little, I love it, to watch it. It's a little like there are things about it that definitely bother me. Like that the yeah. the whole Zach Efron Zendaya subplot really just bothers me mm-hmm. so much yeah. because it's just like <laughs> I don't know. I hate when movies are just like racism is bad. That is the conclusion yeah, that we've come to, and we shouldn't do it. Yeah. That's... Yeah. I mean, it is. We're not, just yeah. to clarify, we're not saying yeah. that racism is <laughs> It is not okay. But, like, if it you want to actually was, talk just about it. like, all right, let's just throw it in there real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And it, we got to cover all of our bases. It doesn't say anything meaningful today, because, like, I think most people know that racism is bad. So as like a theme, it's a little just like you could have done, you could have said something more about, like, yeah. if you wanted to talk about race, you could have said something that actually spoke to a modern audience. Especially- or you could have not had that subplot and maybe had like a subplot with the bearded lady and said something interesting about the way, like how we perceive beauty or something. Which mm-hmm. I think they did do a lot of that with this is well, like that's the they had of they had the empowerment was, thing, but how scandalous would it have been if you actually had a romantic sub like yeah, subplot yeah where they had that Efron date bearded lady yeah like that would have been <laughs> that like, isn't Zendaya or they could have made Zendaya the bearded lady. <laughs> 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 That might have been better, actually. I just want to know what that looks like. I'm sure you can find it somewhere on the internet. I think that, you know what? But that was the only thing I feel like, to me, about the movie, like, that actually bothered me. And, like, Mm -hmm. the songs, I feel like, could have done for a second pass. And, And the historical accuracy thing is just, like, its own kind of conversation and like we could talk about that yeah. with Hamilton because I have a lot of thoughts on Hamilton but <laughs> yeah but I feel like the movie overall craftsmanship nine out of ten it was it's a good well-made movie you just kind of have to put to the side the historical accuracy and just enjoy the movie as a musical 
and just not really try to think about PT boredom at all. <laughs> just some random dude that started a circus. All right. Um, and just to finish this off, congratulations to Tom Holland. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> we we love Tom Holland. I actually do really like Tom. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I I really like a lot of the people that were in that movie. Yeah. We will probably inevitably talk about Spider-Man at some point. Yes. Spider-Man was... We should wait longer so that people can... Mm-hmm. Once it's, just, once just it's so out that of we're theaters. not one of those spoilers. Yeah. But... But... It was a yeah. great movie. If you haven't we, watched it, please do. Yeah. Okay, we need to do an actual outro. Alright. <sighs> Thanks for watching. We'll, we'll be back in, yes. what, two weeks? In two weeks. You'll see really? us in two weeks. That's not when we're filming, but that's not important to you. You should, <laughs> <laughs> but you should you should subscribe or follow or whatever it is on the platform you're listening on, so you can find out in two what weeks what happens next. <laughs> you can find out what happens next. In any case, you should check out the links in the description. Check out everyone's my, my stuff. And Twitch and Reagan's Twitter, and if Madeline ever wants me to put something there, I'll put it there too. And <laughs> also, also the link of Jeremy Jordan telling the story of how he saved the Greatest Showman because it's a good video, and I want yeah, everyone I to stand Jeremy Jordan as hard as I do. <laughs> and yes, he's Ritter. great. <laughs> I don't know about that, Ethan, but I do stand on Reagan's point. <laughs> We're gonna create a whole bunch of Ren heads. <laughs> I aspire well, more like you. I aspire to be more like Jeremy Renner, okay? And I don't aspire to be like P.T. Barnum. Me neither. I hope no one does. As you should. Anyways. Well, thanks for watching. That's all for now. See y'all. As always, ka-chow. 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 Let's smash again. <laughs> Let's smash again. <laughs>